42. I'm introducing a new series today, and we're going to be on it all month long, and I've entitled this series, Surge. A surge, according to its definition, is a sudden, powerful upward or forward movement. A sudden, powerful upward or forward movement. A surge. Sometimes we... We, we refer to a, a team, a, a sports team. There was a surge in the fourth quarter. You know what that means. There was a, a moment which they, there was a spark in the team, and they came forward and pushed the team ahead, and they won the game. It was in 2007 in Iraq that al-Qaeda was beginning to make headway in, again in Iraq and, and enslave villages and, and br- br- bring a domination to an area that the United States uh, military had already liberated. And President Bush in 2007 initiated a military action and he called it a surge. A surge was a, was a sudden powerful movement forward of, of military initiatives to drive out the enemy and reestablish freedom for the Iraqi people. A surge. I ask you rhetorically, are you in need of a surge? Are you in need of God to do something fresh in your heart? I speak to the Westover family. I am praying the Holy Spirit brings a surge of His anointing to Westover, to our services, to our people, to our students, to our kids, to our senior adults, to our young adults. Holy Spirit, that there would be a surge. I want to speak today on the subject of an energy boost. Now, I'm not talking about going out and getting a Red Bull or a five-hour energy drink. There is no spiritual uh, energy drink that you could get at the convenience store. But there is a 24-7 energy boost you could get in the Holy Spirit. And today we live in a world where there's a headwind of culture. Parents, you sense it. Some of you are going to go to the workplace tomorrow and you're going to walk in. Even on the drive to work, you're going to feel the heaviness. You're going to feel the headwind of culture. It just seems like life drains us. Life just is always extracting out of us our spiritual person is always under the load spiritually, if you please. Yes, and sometimes we get to the end of the week and we're so tired. Have you ever been so tired that your tired was tired? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever felt like you needed two six-month vacations this year? You just got drained just so much. Somebody said we're, we're in life, we're, we're like the third monkey trying to fight to get on Noah's Ark. Did you ever feel like that? You're literally fighting for your survival. And you're drained and you're, you're heavy-hearted and you're despondent. Can I tell you, God has a solution. God wants to bring a surge of His Holy Spirit in your life. And He wants to start today. And just a little bit, the worship team is going to come back on the platform and they're going to take us to a season of just the Holy Spirit ministering His presence to us. But before they come, let me to, allow me to guide us into God's Word for a moment. If you have your Westover app or you want to join me in your Bible to Psalm chapter 42, we're going to begin reading at verse number 1 and we're going to go through verse number 7. There's insights here that God has for us. But I want you to notice something if you have your Bible open. After the chapter number, it says Psalm 42, the chapter number, before verse number 1. 
there's some writing there. Typically, it's in smaller print and it's often italicized. It's called the superscription. A superscription is, is information the author put, because this is a song, information the author put regarding this particular psalm or song. Psalm 42, it reads this, For the director of music, a maskil of the sons of Korah. What does that mean? A maskil, scholars tell us, refers to an instructor, an instructor or instruction. We might say a conductor would be a good colloquialism for today. In other words, if you please, you think about an orchestra gathering and you have the, the, the stringed instruments and the horns and the different instruments all positioned on the platform, but there will be an instructor come out and with a baton he will tap particularly the, the podium and then he'll begin to move his arm. He's giving instruction. He's given direction. He's, he's telling which in this song and this piece of music, the rhythm, the beat, and the cadence, and he's pulling all of this together. And that's the concept here of the masculine. The masculine, the, the instructor, the instructor has something to say. Who does he speak to? He says, the sons of Korah. Who are they? The sons of Korah are the singers. The singers. They know the songs. We would use the word the worship leaders, the choir. There's no one more immersed, more comfortable, more instructed than the sons of Korah. These are the singers. But here's what God is saying. You can be a singer and lose your song. You can be in church and lose the freshness of the Holy Spirit. You can have a Bible app. You can have a Bible at home. And you can lose the inspiration and guidance of God in your life. There are times when, the li when life drains us and life takes away from us. And we need the masculine. We, we, we need the instructor to come in. And he needs to take us from just the routine. And we, like the sons of Korah, need to learn and recapture the song of the heart again. Then he begins to say in verse number one, you sense the texture of it here, it says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go to meet with God? Here he's saying, you sons of Korah, you know the song, but you've lost the song of your heart. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been drained and you walk into church and you feel nothing? You know God, you love God, but you, you feel empty on the inside. You're under lack attack. And some of us here today, we're under lack attack. You, you, you lack a song. Your, your faith is lacking. You're lacking hope. You're about to give up and give in. Sometimes you can be in a lack attack. You can feel left out. You can feel like there's nothing left to give. Some of us here today feel underblessed. Underblessed. 
You say, God, you touch this one, and God, you provide for that one. But in my life, I feel like I'm under blessed. You're under lack attack. We can go through life. We can go through the routine, and all of a sudden, we feel like our heart is thirsting. Do you know that God did not intend for us to live that way? Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. God never intended that we live and experience lack attack. Our lack should always drive us to God. And that's exactly what he is saying to the sons of Kor. It's time to get, you, you, you need to look to the instructor. You need to, you need to reconnect with the, the instructor in your life. Faith. Faith will take you out of a crisis. But passion will bring you a breakthrough. You need faith. If life is in a storm right now, if someone jerked the rug out from underneath you, there's crises happening in your life, you need faith. Faith is holding on to God. Passion is holding out for God. There's times in faith I hold on to God, but there's times I need to hold out for God. Times I need faith. But there's some things faith will not deliver into your hands. Some things faith will not take you to. Sometimes passion will take you there. And here this writer in Psalm verse number 1, Psalm 42.1 says, As the deer thirsts, he pants, he struggles, he, he longs, he thirsts for the streams of water. I am thirsting for God. I am thirsting for His presence. I've discovered in life, pain will always take you to the place of relief. There's nothing wrong with that. Pain will always take you to the place of relief. If you complain, you know what, this is hurting. Well, you ought to take some Tylenol for it. Pain always takes you to the place of relief. If there's pain, it's always relief. I remember I was pulling on the church property one Sunday morning. I always get here early. I pulled up to the church property. It was barely dusk. Could, the sun was just barely kind of coming up. In fact, it was before the sun came up, and you could just, it was just kind of dusk. And across the church property on the other side of the side of the road was a car turned up, upside down. It flipped over, and the wheels were still, still turning. The person found out later on had, had, had hit the curb and lost control of the car, and it flipped upside down. So immediately I got out of the car, and I went over there, and he was in the car, and I was helping him get out. The wheels were still turning. Are you all right? And that required a, a, a 911 call. You see, pain will take you to the emergency room. We get that. If there's pain, we always look for relief. And many of us, that's our spiritual experience. We only seek God to the place of relief. Some of us came into service today hurting, wounded. Somebody said, so somebody did something. Something occurred. There was a disappointment, a letdown in your life. You're hurting in your heart. You've heard something. Something's occurred in your life and you're wounded. Your heart is weeping on the inside and you've come to find relief. And that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. God wants to bring relief. But what I'm saying is sometimes our spiritual life is only driven to find God at the point of relief. Pain takes us to relief. But passion takes us to celebration passion will take you to the place of celebration what am i talking about i'm talking about when our heart so yearns for god our heart so longs for god 
Not just to have, not for God to just take away the pain, not for God to just bring relief, but for our, our soul to capture, our soul to encounter God, our soul for God to wrap his arms around us. And we, we feel the joy of the Lord and the strength of God. Every parent in here, you know what it's like for your kids to say, Mom and Daddy, can we have ice cream? No, we can't have ice cream. We're busy right now. I've got to go here. We've got to get home. We've got to get this taken care of. We have too much to go. Please, Mom and Daddy, please. Mom. No, I'm telling you, don't ask me again. And they come later five minutes. Please, Mom and Daddy, we want ice cream so bad. You said if I was good. You said if we do. I just want to do. I just want. And they go on and on. And finally, we acquiesce. Finally, you say, you know what? Really, how much trouble is it to just pull into that driveway at Freddy's or somewhere else and get, a, get an ice cream and give to the kids or take them on the inside, just take a 15, 20-minute break and just sit down and let the kids. We've all done that at some time. And we've taken the kids in and they've ordered their ice cream after we told them they couldn't have it and we didn't have time for it. And we've watched them eat it. It drips off of their chin. It's off of their elbows. They're making a mess. But they say, I'm having the bestest day ever right now. And you see that in their face and you're saying, this is wonderful. Here's what I'm saying. Passion will always take you to the place of celebration. Oh, and we would, God, say, God, I want you so bad. God, I just want to know you. God, I want to love you. God, I want a new song. God, I want to feel your joy. God, I want to feel your Holy Spirit. God, I want a refresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Passion will take you to the place of celebration. It's all right to get relief, but some of us need to press beyond relief and find the refreshing and the celebration of God. When God fills our heart to the point, it's not just I feel better, I am better, I am better. I walk out and there's a pep in my step and there's some glide in my stride. The joy of the Lord is my strength and I can encounter life. Things may happen on Monday, but I have enough Sunday in me to take me through the entire week and it will not drain, it will not defeat me. Passion will take you to the place of celebration. That's what God has. That's what God intends. Let's look at the, the, the verses further. I give you here four signs of spiritual decline. Oh, I don't have time to unpack them all. Let me just, let me just touch on a couple, can I? And then I'm going to jump on because I want to talk further on down in the message. And I'm going to talk about spiritual renewal. But signs of spiritual decline, it's right here in the text. The first one is continually unhappy. Verse number three. My tears have been my food day and night. Why is he thirsting? Why is he saying, where can I find God? Where, where's, where's God at? I can't find him. He'll tell you in verse number three, my tears have been my food day and night. Continually Unhappy. It's a sign of spiritual decline. Some of us are saying, well, you know what? I don't like my job. Uh, I, I, I really don't like my career. I don't like the house I'm living in. I don't like the car I drive. I wish they had an exchange thing for kids. I wish you could take your kids and exchange them for somebody. I just, I just, nothing is working. I'm unhappy. You're unhappy with everything. You're unhappy with everything. And every suggestion, every idea, you, t- you try to plan a vacation, is your, how about nah, how about nah, how about nah, how about, you're, you're in that place where nothing satisfies. Could it be it's not what's around you, it's what's in you? 
sometimes we can bring in our personal life our spiritual malaise and tears become our food day and night. Number two, you become dispirited, verse number three. People look at me and say all day long, where is your God? Where is your God? I, 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 thought, I thought you said you believed. I thought you, you said that serving God gave you confidence. I thought they start, they start quoting back to us what we used to say. But we no longer manifest that. And people say, well, I don't know what's happened to them. They're not the person they used to be. They're not the, they don't have the spring in their step. They don't have the joy they used to have. They don't, they don't just, they don't have the strength they used to have. What's wrong with them? They're dispirited. Dispirited. Let's jump down. I'm going to skip the next two. I want to go down to three steps for spiritual renewal. Three steps for spiritual renewal found right in the text. We're going to begin verse number 6 and 7. In these two verses, we're going to identify three steps for spiritual renewal. Number one is acknowledging the need for spiritual renewal. You want spiritual renewal? Then number one, you must acknowledge your need for spiritual renewal. Notice verse number 6, my soul is cast down within me. What's interesting in verse number 5, he asks the same thing in the form of a question. Why is my soul cast down? But in verse number 6, he says, my soul is cast down. It's almost like in verse number 5, he said, why is it that I'm not as happy? Why is it that I'm not as joyful? Why is it I'm not as satisfied? And between verse number 5 and verse number 6, the Holy Spirit answers it. And he acknowledges in verse number 6, guess what? I need spiritual renewal. My soul is cast down. It's not a job problem. It's not, a, it's not an economic problem. It's a soul problem. My soul is cast down within me. You must acknowledge your need for spiritual renewal. You see, God enters our life at the point of our acknowledging Him. In fact, Jesus said this, in order for God to do something in your life, there's a requirement. Ask, seek, and knock. God will never be the intruder. God must always be the invited guest. God will never be the intruder. And I hear people say from time to time, well, you know, if the Lord wanted me to have it, He would give it to me. No. God will never go as far in our life as we acknowledge and open the door for Him. We must open the door. We must acknowledge God. We must open that door for God to minister and move in our life. Have you ever been to a Spurs game? I've been to a Spurs game in halftime or between quarters or a timeout. The coyote comes out on the court. He'll go center court and he'll stomp his feet and people will cheer. Then he'll take that gun that, you know, they load with T-shirts and he'll go to the He'll go to the area and he'll point here and people will cheer. Then he'll go over here and the coyote will point here and they'll cheer. And then he'll go over here and wherever they're cheering the loudest, that's the area he picks. And he takes that gun he loaded with t-shirts and people are cheering, fans and non-fans. They're cheering, yay, yay, yay. Up here in, the, in every tier, the balcony of the, of the AT&T Center, there their voices crying and people waving and all of a sudden, kapoosh, there it goes. Up. People are grabbing, reaching up for it, for a t-shirt. 
for a cheap t-shirt that will be worn out in six months. In six months, you're using it to wipe the dipstick on when you're checking the oil. It's worn out. I mean, it's a cheapest t-shirt you can. And here they are. Hey, give it to me. Come and But when it comes to weekend services and they come in, their heart has been desperate. Their heart is dry. And sit there like this. Show passion for a t-shirt. Show passion for a guy in a coyote costume. But when the God of heaven and earth steps into the sanctuary of God, we're Googling this and checking that and Facebooking when you're in the presence of Almighty God. And he's walking the aisles and he's speaking and we are distracted. We must acknowledge our need for spiritual renewal. Number two... Spiritual renewal, you must recognize God's blessings. Recognize God's blessings. Verse number six. Therefore will I remember you from the land of Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, and from Mount Mizar. Now, Pastor, help me. That sounds like poetic language there. I'm not really sure what Hermon and Mount Mizar. You know, here it is. The ancients knew. The ancients knew exactly what this meant. Because remember, anytime God describes, and he's describing something, anytime God describes, God prescribes. He's describing because he's prescribing to us how to obtain spiritual renewal. He says, I will remember you. I'm talking about recognizing God's blessing. I will remember you from Mount Hermon and Mount Mizar. Mount Hermon is in the northern part of Israel. It's a towering mountain, foreboding. It's the tallest peak in northern Israel. It kind of looms over the land. In fact, we're going to be in the Holy Land in March. We're taking about 70 people to the Holy Land. You're going to see those who are going with this Mount Hermon. We're going in March. I wouldn't be surprised on the top of Mount Hermon. There's still snow. Because in the higher regions, when the snow falls in the winter and the melt comes off, the snow melt comes off in the spring, it flows down Mount Hermon. It goes into the Jordan Valley. It flows into Galilee, the Lake of Galilee. From Galilee, it feeds in uh, all of the communities and villages and down the Jordan Valley. It's where they get their water for their vegetables, for their, for their agricultural. In the days of Jesus, it's where they would, they would take their flocks of herds herds of sheep and and goats and so forth to get water where they would water their crops it was their livelihood it was their blessing it was they knew what it was all the water in the Jordan River comes from Mount Hermon as it flows down it's the blessing of the Lord and Mount Hermon represents the big blessings of God they knew it they understood it and he says I will remember the big stuff God does But he said, I will also remember Mount Mizar. What's Mizar? Mizar is just a foothill. It's just a foothill. And he says, you've got to remember the little stuff God does. And here it is. When you're walking up to Mount Hermon, there are many Mizars. 
There are many mountains, I mean, just foothills. You go over this foothill and this foothill and it climbs up. And if you keep going, all the foothills will take you up to Mount Hermon. And here's what God is saying. You get the big blessings because you remember the little blessings. And some of us have not seen. Some of us are not recognized. God's blessed you this year. God's blessed you this month. God blessed you last week. God's doing something in your life. God is there. God's touching you. God's providing. God is guiding your life. And some of us are completely oblivious to the Mount Mizar and you won't get your Mount Hermon unless you appreciate and acknowledge God's Mizar in your life. You've got to see the blessings of God. If you don't see the blessings of God, you're going to miss your spiritual renewal. And then number three, before the team comes back, found in verse number seven, you've got a desire desiring to go deeper. You've got to desire a deeper spiritual life. Verse number seven, deep calls to the deep and the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers, that's the waves and the breakers as it falls down the water. All your waves and breakers, they sweep over me. Spiritual renewal, you've got to desire a deeper spiritual life. Denise and I, just a few days ago, took about four days, and we went to Oregon, just a few days off. We took a drive down a highway which flanks the Columbian River, which divides Washington State and Oregon. Beautiful drive there. We came to points where you would just pull off the road and you could park because they have waterfalls beautiful cascading waterfall that are just magnificent. We wanted to go see some of the waterfalls. So I would pull in and drive. We would get out of the car. Denise and I would walk down a trail that's just kind of graveled or a place where they cleared debris back. You would step into the forest and there are towering pine trees all around us. We're walking in the shadow of that, the tall pine trees underneath the shadow. All kinds of ferns are growing. It's so lush. It's so beautiful. Sometimes it was several hundred yards we would have to walk through there. Sometimes as much as a quarter of a mile back in there to see it, uh, the waterfall. And we're walking along. And we were walking down a path. And Denise says, I can hear the waterfall. I can hear the waterfall. And sure enough, as we were getting closer, there was the waterfall. There was the waterfall cascading down. And I invited Denise to do the same thing as Psalm uh, 42, 7 says. Once you get out there and stand under the wall of waterfall and just let it cascade on you. She said, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But she could hear it. She could hear the waterfall. And some of us, many of us, We were raised in an environment we know what it means to have the moving of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know what it's like to walk into church and worship take over and all of a sudden between verse 1 and verse 2, all of a sudden a presence ushers into the house and your spirit gets silent. You know what it's like to feel like you're standing on holy ground. You know what it's like to just be there and sometimes you're captivated and you can't say a thing but you just sense the presence of God so real and your heart begins to palpitate and there's a presence in the house and things that you carried, intentions that you lived with just wash away. 
just just wash away. The glory of God fills the house. And just moving into a deeper experience. And God, God in a moment does what you couldn't do over the last month. God just corrects things in your life. And some of us, for some time you've been saying, I need something more. I just need God. I need something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just, I need to go deeper. I feel some, I feel a yearning. There's a longing. I'm not satisfied. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not experiencing what I need in my worship. I want to go deeper. You know what you're hearing? You're hearing the waterfall. You're hearing the waterfall. And I invite you, let the surge of the Holy Spirit come upon you. Let him fill you today. Let Him fill you and refill you with the Holy Spirit today. Let His Spirit sweep over you. So with that in mind, I want you to put down your electronic device and set your print Bible down for a moment. And then I'm going to ask you to stand with me as the worship team comes back. And we're going to go into a time of worship. I want you to prepare your heart. I want you to get ready balcony and main floor we're just saying Holy Spirit you're welcome here Holy Spirit you're welcome here I remind us we're a spirit filled church and it's always welcome and appropriate to worship in the spirit in a spirit filled church it's never out of place to worship in the spirit in a spirit filled church and we are a spirit filled church and God wants to fill some of us with the Holy Spirit and others need a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit today so here's what I'm going to invite you to do I want to invite you to close your eyes right now all across this room what does closing my eyes do? It helps. it helps you to block out distractions right now And now I just want you to begin to worship. Balcony, I just want you to begin to worship. Main floor, I want you to begin to worship. What do you mean? I just want you to begin to express your yearning for God, thirsting for God as in a dry land. Just begin to express. Just begin to cry out to the Lord. Would you just do that? God, I'm thirsty. God, I'm thirsty. God, I'm thirsty. God, I'm thirsty. Do you hear the sound of the waterfall? Has he been preparing you for this moment right now to just let his breakers and his waves come over you? Join me. Come on. Come on, uh, Westover. Let's just press in a little deeper. Just a little deeper. Balcony, Mayfield, just a little deeper. Come on. Let's come in. Come in. Just come all the way in. As you were, just step up. Let his glory feel. Let his glory flood your heart right now to get into the surge of what God is doing, a sudden and a powerful forward movement in the Holy Spirit as we worship. We're going to worship, oh God. We're going to worship, oh God.